Crank up the radio! Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s, with yours truly, Glenn Robison, on Island Radio, KISL Avalon, at 88.7 on your FM dial, and at KISLAvalon.com on your internet dial. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone, and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this week's show, Phil Cook gets his very own birthday segment for the first time. We're also going to get razzled, we'll have a digital segment, play the ponies, and finish up with a couple of songs about footwear. Back on June 7th, I played a record by the two Dark Knights, Phil Cook and Victor Fleming, and mentioned that Phil Cook had his own solo career and would be getting his own birthday segment. Well, this very day, September 27th, marks the birth in 1893 in Coldwater, Michigan, of Philip, with one L, DeWitt Cook, to DeWitt Cook and the former Bessie Wilson. He studied violin as a child and in high school in East Orange, New Jersey, wrote, danced, sang, and played several musical instruments in school shows. He used the same ukulele and guitar he had in high school throughout his entire career. In 1916, he married Florence Helmer, known affectionately as Flo, and some years later they had two daughters, Phyllis Diane and Sally Ann. Phil was drawn to art, and in 1917 he was art director at Churchill Hall Advertising Agency in New York City. He sang and played ukulele for his own enjoyment, and in 1925 came to the attention of WOR in New York, where he landed a job on a sponsored show, making his debut as the radio chef. Soon he was working for NBC and was heard on numerous sponsored shows, including The Fleischman Hour, Cabin Door, and Real Folks, as characters including Klein's Serenading Shoemaker, The Physical Culture Shoe Prince, The Quaker Oats Man, and The Ever-Ready Master of Ceremonies. This is damn exciting stuff. I know. Built as radio's man of a thousand voices, Phil Cook was a one-man radio show. He wrote the shows himself, which included gags, the news in rhymes, and parodies. Apparently he was doing okay for himself, for at the time of the 1930 census he had live-in help, and by 1940 he had a live-in maid and cook. Phil had diverse interests. He owned a corn farm in Far Hills, New Jersey in the 40s, and titled his 1944 radio show, Cook and Corn. And in November of 1948, he was elected to a three-year term as a councilman in the borough of Bernardsville. He died September 19, 1958, at Morristown, New Jersey, following a long illness. Here are three from Phil Cook.
ladies and gentlemen. I take great pleasure in introducing my little friend, Jerry. Come up here on my knee, young man, and say, how do you do to the ladies and gentlemen? Howdy, folks. Jerry speaking. That's a good little fellow. Say, Phil, can the folks see us? Why, of course they can't see us. How are they going to tell which one is the dummy? Why, they can tell from our voices. Haven't you noticed how much more dramatic mine is than yours? Why don't you do something for it? What are you talking about? Didn't you say your voice was rheumatic? I said dramatic. I used to play in Shakespeare. I suppose you were the nothing they made so much ado about. Jerry speaking. Say, Phil. What is it now? I wasn't feeling very good yesterday. Oh, you weren't feeling well yesterday. What's the matter? Did you have a cold? No, I had a frankfurter. Here, here. I guess you want me to put you back in the trunk, don't you? I don't know what you younger generation are coming to. For instance, take the girls of 16. You take them, Phil. That's too old for me. Well, what will the girls of 16 be 20 years from now? Tell me that. They'll be 36, but they won't admit it. Jerry speaking. Oh, you're a smart little fellow, aren't you? I suppose you'll be a asking me to get you an encyclopedia next. No, nothing doing. Oh, you don't want an encyclopedia. No, I'm too old for that. Get me a bicycle instead. Say, Phil. What is it now? You know that girl who lives next door to us? Yes, what about her? She had her face lifted. Oh, she had her face lifted. Yeah, but she got the doctor's bill today and it dropped again. Oh, well, we can't all be beautiful. If she was beautiful, she'd be beautiful and dumb. Why, how do you know? I asked her when Rome was built. Oh, you asked her when Rome was built. What did she say? She said at night because everybody knew Rome wasn't built in a day. Jerry speaking. Oh, now you're getting historical. Come again, Phil? I said you're getting historical. But I suppose you don't even know the meaning of the word historical. Oh, yes, I do. When you laugh too hard, you get historical. No, no, no. I'm referring to history. For instance, did you ever hear of Wilson? Nope. Well, did you ever hear of Taft? Nope. Well, did you ever hear of Cleveland? Is his last name Ohio? Oh, you're simply hopeless. Say, Phil, I'm getting tired of my diet. Getting tired of your diet? Yes, I have chicken every morning. Chicken every morning? My gracious, how is it served? In the shell, Jerry speaking. <laughs> You'll drive me crazy yet. Here, stop jumping up and down like that. What's the idea? I bought a second-handed watch, and if I don't keep moving, it'll stop. Oh, I thought you were trying to learn a new dance or something. By the way, do you dance much? Not much. The floors are so crowded you can't tell who your partner is. Well, I thought I saw you dancing with the neighbor's daughter last night, didn't I? You did, but no more. Well, why no more? I asked her if I could have the last dance with her, and she said, you've already had your last dance with me. Here, now, back in the trunk you go. All right, but don't try to hide me in a bag anymore. In a bag? Oh, you mean the other day when I hid you and the man asked what was in the bag? Yeah, that's the time. And I told him you were sleigh bells? Yeah, but when you turned your back, he kicked me to find out for sure. Oh, he didn't believe you were sleigh bells. I guess not, but I fooled him. Oh, you fooled him? Why, what did you do? When he kicked me, I said, jingle, jingle, Jerry speaking. Here, here, back in the trunk you go. Bye, everybody. Hmm. 
Howdy, folks. This is the Radio Chef and his boyfriend, Sam. Just gonna dish out a little home-cooked ditty called Plugging Along, using a little old guitar for frying pan. Step on it, big boy. Step on it. I may be easy going, but I'm mighty pleased in knowing there's nothing going to worry my mind. They say that my condition is a lack of high ambition, but I'm just not the worrying kind. I'm only one of a mob. Got no position, just a measly old job. But still I'm plugging along, humming a song, and waiting for a lucky break. As free as the air, nobody to care if I should die before I wake. I know that there's a silver lining back of every old cloud. Someday the sun may shine and pick me out of the crowd. So I'm plugging along, humming a song, and waiting for a lucky break. You heard me waiting for my lucky break. Now the moral you has heard him say, them cloudy skies may lose their gray. But tomorrow's just another day. That's all it mean to me And the past is something I forget As easy as I does my debts Boy, I crave me some chicken in my croquette But it don't seem to be Now every time I throw them dice I've gotta throw them more than twice To get them sevens acting nice Then they just leave me cold no lady luck, don't treat me right. Well, I've almost got my second sight, and I ain't seen no rainbow bright to light up that pot of gold. So I'm just constantly logging along, humming a song, and waiting for a lucky break. I'm pounding the street, saying, when do we eat? And dreaming of potatoes and steak When opportunity comes round to me And knocks at my door She won't have to knock until her knuckles are sore I may be in a rut However and but I'm waiting for a lucky break You heard me Waiting for my lucky break as that, folks, goodbye. We'll see you subsequently. I may just have a new line to close the show. Goodbye, folks. We'll see you subsequently. The Radio Chef, Phil Cook, plugging along, singing a song, waiting for a lucky break. The label of Edison 52196 credits the vocal duo as the Radio Chef and his boyfriend, Sam but there's nothing on the label or the Edison books about who Sam is. The pair recorded three takes in a session on December 16, 1927 without success, and finally got it right on take H about a month later on January 16, 1928. That's around the time Cook and Victor Fleming were recording as the Two Dark Nights, so perhaps it's Fleming on this record as well. Before the Radio Chef and Sam, 
It was Phil and Jerry with Act One of The Ventriloquist and His Dummy. Another Edison record, 52208, recorded a week after Waiting for a Lucky Break on January 23, 1928. We started our tribute to Phil Cook with a Phil Cook-Tom Johnstone collaboration, Plain Jane, performed by the International Novelty Orchestra, directed by Nat Shilkrit. Victor 19367, recorded June 2, 1924, introduced a second tune, Don't Take Your Troubles to Bed. Pretty good advice. Both of those tunes are from the two-act musical comedy Plain Jane, which opened at the New Amsterdam Theater on May 12, 1924. It moved to the Sam H. Harris Theater in June and to the Eltinge 42nd Street Theater in August, racking up 168 performances before closing October 4th. I'm Glenn Robison, and you're listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. Over the years, I've picked up a number of skills, licenses, and certifications, which include being a ham radio operator, a certified California wastewater treatment plant operator, thank God I don't do that anymore, a Series 7 Uniform Securities Agent licensee, thank God I don't do that anymore, and California Certified Fingerprint Roller, which I do still do on occasion in connection with my job with Guided Discoveries. I actually used to roll fingerprints onto cards with black ink, but these days it's all done with scanners and is much less messy. So for this segment, we're going to do some fingerprinting.
played Fingerprints in February of 2019. That's right, by Patricia Rossborough, the Queen of Syncopation. But as I pointed out on that show, Fingerprints was written by British pianist Harry Engelman. And guess what? Harry Engelman and his quintet also recorded Fingerprints, which we just heard from British Columbia FB-1715, made in 1936. Pianist and bandleader Harry Engelman was born January 17, 1912, and had his first professional engagement as a theater pianist at age 14. Well, we're done with fingerprints, but we're not done with fingers. Here's Billy Murray. Cast away upon an Indian isle The natives there, they liked his hair They liked his Irish smile So made him chief and gendrum The nabob of them all They called him Chichibuchier And dressed him up so gay So he wrote to Dublin Bay To his sweetheart just to say Sure, I've got rings on me fingers, bells on me toes, elephants to ride upon my little Irish rose. Well, come to your nabob and next Patrick's Day, be mistress mumbo jumbo chitty oh Shedding a tear, said he, now have no fear. I'm keeping these wives here just for ornaments, my dear. Sure, I've got rings on me fingers, bells on me toes, elephants to ride upon my little Irish rose. Well, come to your nabob. And next Patrick's Day, be mistress mumbo jumbo chitty booty. Oh, she sure I've got rings on my fingers, bells on my toes, elephants to ride upon my little Irish rose. Well, come to your neighbor, and next Patrick's Day, be mistress mumbo jumbo chitty booty. Oh, she.
Well, there's some hot finger picking, appropriately titled Hot Fingers. The label of OK8743, recorded October 9, 1929, credits Blind Willie Dunn and Lonnie Johnson. But you probably remember that Lonnie Dunn is a pseudonym for Eddie Lang, who composed Hot Fingers, along with Lonnie Johnson, and the copyright lists Willie Dunn as co-composer. Before that, Billy Murray told us all about Jim O'Shea and his adventures on an Indian Isle in I've Got Rings on My Fingers. That's from Victor 16510, recorded June 2, 1910, and the vocal quartet in the last chorus is unidentified. Maurice Scott wrote the tune with the lyric by R.P. Weston and Fred J. Barnes. And speaking of the lyric, I'm going to guess that's one of, if not the, only vintage song with the word NABOB in it. Now, NABOB is an acronym for the National Association of Black-Owned Broadcasters, and 50s balladeer Johnny Ray was known as the NABOB of Saab. But in this context, a NABOB is a conspicuously wealthy Briton deriving his fortune in India during the 18th century with the privately held East India Company. And, of course, many people can't hear the word nabob without thinking of the phrase nattering nabobs of negativism, uttered by Nixon's later disgraced and resigned vice president, Spiro T. Agnew, and aimed at journalists critical of the administration. Now, Agnew couldn't possibly have come up with that line on his own, nor the follow-up, the hopeless hysterical hypochondriacs of history. They were written by Nixon's speechwriter, William Sapphire, whom I used to admire for his writings about language and the power of words, but who certainly did the country no favor with those lines, which helped set in motion Republican conservatives' campaign against the news business, which has steadily escalated to what we see today, and I'll stop there. For no particular reason, this segment is all about... Well, I'll let this little audio clip from a particularly memorable Seinfeld episode introduce it. I know, I hated those kids. In fact, I hate anyone that ever had a pony when they were growing up. I had a pony. Well, I didn't uh, really mean a pony per se. When I was a little girl in Poland, we all had ponies. My sister had pony. My cousin had pony. So what's wrong with that? Nothing, nothing at all. He was a beautiful pony, and I loved him. Well, I'm sure you did. Who wouldn't love a pony? Who wouldn't love a person that had a pony? You. You said so. Who figures an immigrant's gonna have a pony?
side by side Two little wooden ponies honeymooning on the merry-go-round Groom and bride, that's what you hear the hurdy-gurdy crooning as they gallop around Love a horse, each pony is a millionaire counting joy a dollar a pound Come along and join the celebration with this happy wedding song a jaunty little tune, Jimmy Ray singing about two little wooden ponies on the merry-go-round, composed by Belle Fenstock with the lyric by Stanley Adams. The Victor House Band was conducted by Leonard Joy and is credited on Bluebird 7248, recorded November 19, 1937, as the Southern Serenaders Orchestra. Of course, Nat Shilkert directed the Victor Orchestra for years before turning it over to Leonard Joy. And before Two Little Wooden Ponies, we heard Nat with the Victor Band, credited as L. Hinky's Band, on Pony Dance. Pony Dance was written by Lithuanian composer Vinkas Nikas, who lived from 1886 to 1938. He wrote several other tunes recorded in 1918, but it's a good thing I'm not playing those, because I couldn't even begin to pronounce the titles. Victor 28268 was recorded July 10, 1923. And speaking of jaunty little tunes, we started our little pony show with Barnabas Vancici's orchestra and Pony, written by Josef Rixner. That's from a German Electrola 78, number EG3686. Hungarian violinist, composer, and bandleader Barnabas Vancici was born in Budapest on March 4, 1897. He was classically trained and settled in Berlin in 1924, where he became one of Europe's most popular bandleaders and a favorite of Goebbels and Hitler, who gave him the title Professor in 1939. Following the fall of the Third Reich, he was banned from performing until 1952, when he formed a new orchestra in Munich, where he lived until his death on July 2, 1971. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. We're here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7, KISL Avalon, and KISLAvalon.com. This and all our previous shows are also available 24-7, on demand anytime at all online at RapidlyRotatingRecords.com. And we're on all the major podcast directories. Raz is a verb and the shortened and altered variant of raspberry, and in the 20s meant to disrespect or deride someone. 
These days, it's softened somewhat and means to make fun of or tease someone in a good-natured way. In British slang, on the razzle means to be out celebrating with friends and drinking freely. Razzle-dazzle first appeared in 1885 and meant a state of confusion or hilarity. And along with razzmatazz has come to mean noisy, showy, and exciting activity and display designed to attract and impress. Here's some razzle-dazzle, courtesy of Lensburg's Riverside Orchestra. Thank you. 
defense where I go, even in a movie show, any time or any place, I am bound to see your face, so tell me, baby, what is your name, baby, what is your game, tell me what it's all about, oh, you're every place I'm hanging out, so tell me, where do you live? Tell me, what can I give to take you round with me, just for company? Baby, what is your name? We started off that Razzle Dazzle set with Razzle Dazzle by Lindsberg's Riverside Orchestra from Edison 50567, recorded April 17, 1919. German-American violinist, pianist, composer, and bandleader Julius Lindsberg was born January 3, 1878, in Baltimore, Maryland, and had compositions to his credit from 1894 to 1923, and made over four dozen recordings between 1919 and 1922. The Riverside and Lindsberg's Riverside Orchestra refers to the new Riverside Theater in New York, part of the B.F. Keith Theater Company, one of the few remaining vaudeville chains in 1918, when Lindsberg was working for the company as a manager. Julius Lindsberg died April 24, 1956, at age 78. Next was the Van Epps Trio. Fred Van Epps on banjo, Nathan Glantz on saxophone, and Frank E. Banta on the 88s with Raspberries, spelled R-A-Z-Z, of course, and written by Banta. Victor 18376 was recorded August 13, 1917, and the trio recorded it for Brunswick a couple of months later. We finished up with vocalist Dave Harmon asking, Baby, what is your name? Jack Little wrote the tune and Tommy Maley the words, and that OK 78, number 40342, was recorded around January of 1925. So, what does Baby, What Is Your Name have to do with Razzle Dazzle? Well, I don't know who they were, but Dave Harmon was accompanied on that record by the Raz Jazz Trio. 
For this final segment, I've got two very different pieces about shoes. And you might want to grab a tissue for this first one. Mother dear, come bathe my forehead For I'm growing very weak Let one drop of water, mother Fall upon my burning cheek Tell my loving little schoolmate That I never more will play Oh, give them all my toys, dear mother Put my little shoes away Santa Claus, he gave them to me With a lots of other things Oh, and I think he brought an angel With a pair of golden wings Mother, I will be an angel Perhaps before another day So you will and dearest mother Put my little shoes away Soon a baby will be larger And they'll fit his little feet Oh, so nice and cunning as he walks upon the street. Now I'm getting tired, mother. Soon to all I'll say good day. Oh, please remember what I tell you. Put my little shoes away Mother, I will be an angel Perhaps before another day So you will, and dearest mother Put my little shoes away Wilfred Arthur Charles Carter, known professionally as Wilf Carter in his native Canada, and as Montana Slim here in the U.S., with the tearjerker, put my little shoes away, from Bluebird 4617, recorded June 24, 1936. The song is much older than that, written in 1873 by Samuel N. Mitchell to a tune by Charles E. Pratt. It's a standard among bluegrass performers, and there are at least a dozen other recordings, including by Dalhart and Robison as the Kramer Brothers, and by the Chuckwagon Gang. Now, I certainly can't end the show with that, so to bring things back up, here's another tune about shoes by the Romaine Orchestra.
Now that's how to end a show. The Savoy Orphans, directed by DeBroy Summers, credited on the label of HMV 1803 as the Romaine Orchestra with Dance Your Shoes Away, from March 11, 1924. Dance Your Shoes Away was written by Ralph Irwin. There are words which were sung by Leslie Cerrone in 1924 when the song was included in the musical review Whirl of the World, which ran for 627 performances at the London Palladium. The show was staged at the Winter Garden Theater on Broadway about 10 years earlier, but Dance Your Shoes Away isn't listed among the songs in that production. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. If you had half as much fun as I did, then I had twice as much fun as you. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention.